For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You are now listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green. And now for your hosts, Michael Ferris, Travis Evans, and Stanton Cole. Hey, how you doing today? This is Michael Ferris. I'm running solo today. Um, Travis is not with me and Stanton was supposed to be joining me, but right now he is sick with COVID, so please keep him in your prayers. Today I am with Tommy Swindoll. He is from the Donaldson Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us today, Tommy. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate what you guys do. Man. Hey, man. First like first thing before we even start, man, I just, I mean, I just want to tell you that I just love you. I just love fun of me right now. I just love everything about you. You know, I just love the Jesus that just comes from you. <laughs> hey, listen, the serious part of you, amen. Thank you, bro. The the rude jerk part of you right now, that's why you're rolling solo on your end. Those oh, guys really fun. <laughs> oh, no, man, I love you. I love you I'm, too. I love you so much, man. So man, tell me how long how long I mean you've known each other? About three years now? Is that is yeah, that about right? Yeah. Yeah. So we met at youth camp in Oklahoma. Was that KBA? Yeah, it was. Do you remember what year was that? Um, it was three years ago, I think. 2017. 2017. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome, man. It was a good time. Oh, super- dude. The moment I met you, I'm not. I'm not blowing smoke here, dude. The moment I met you, uh, I just thought, oh, here's a kindred spirit. Now here's someone who cares about um, deep things, but who, who's also a goofball. And just trying to serve Jesus where you're at. So I really, really felt that then. I feel that even more now. So thanks, dude. Appreciate all that you do. Man, I appreciate all that you do, man. And again, really, really love you. Like you're like, I feel the same way. Like me and Lauren talk about all the time. Like, I think, I don't know if you know this. So when we came into Brown and Green and people saw like, saw you and saw pictures of you, they were like, is that like, are you guys brothers? (laughs) I kid you not. Like people were asking all the time. So. Sorry for you. It's a compliment to me. I'll take it. I'll take it. I right, mean, so Tommy, like, again, we, we kind of got to, we met three years ago and we were kind of talking about like making disciples and, and all those cool things. Right. And so a little bit, I didn't know a little bit about your story. Like you were kind of connected to Heritage Church a little bit. I think you and you and Murray were friends. Is that, if that's, yeah. and yeah, so you, I love that. yeah. So you and Dustin kind of knew each other and had been kind of like on talking and stuff like that. And so, Man, like how, like just kind of start at the very beginning. How long have you been doing ministry? So I've been doing ministry for 15 years. Yeah, I got to serve in Detroit, Michigan, uh, coming out of college, and then I've been in Nashville. So basically seven years in Michigan and the rest here in Nashville. Yeah. Right, come on, man. And so how long have you been at Donaldson? Been here coming up on nine years. Nine years? Yeah. So it's been, it's been so cool. So I started in Detroit as a student pastor and then here, um, uh, I got the opportunity to do young adult ministry and then to, to understand groups and, you know, smaller group discipleship. And then now I get to serve in, in this role as a lead pastor, but in each of those roles, honestly, it just, it really never mattered, never mattered about a title or even an occupation. It's like God built me to be a shepherd, and, uh, and I'm, I'm a pastor no matter what, like when I valet in my life, like I'm shepherding when I'm doing gigs on the side in college, I'm shepherding. So it's just the way the Lord's gifted me and, and called me up. And, um, so yeah, forget the occupation part of it. I'm just, I'm just thankful to get to 
to serve and be a, be a child of God and be a servant. So I, I really mean that. That's the joy of my life. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I get to see that on uh, social media. So you guys just recently, was it this last spring, you had a tornado come through Nashville? Yeah, we did. Can you tell we me did. a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So early March, uh, we actually just had... Uh, a bunch of guys over at my house to to do disciple making. Sweet night. Was telling my wife about it. We, you know, of course, my family. We go to we go to bed, and in the middle of the night, I get a the, the storms just kind of, you know, winds going pretty good outside and wakes us up. And I get a text uh, in the middle of the night, and uh, it's a guy who says, um, "Hey, man, it's gone." And I said, what's gone? And he was talking, you know, I'm half asleep and he's talking about his garage. And I, I think, oh man, the storm damaged his garage. And, you know, maybe his door is like off the, the hinges or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, he's talking about his garage door, all these things. And I said, man, well, do you want me to come over and, and help just repair it or figure it out? What do we need to do? And he said, no, my house is gone. It's oh, gone. Man. All of it's gone. And I read that text and thought, I've, I've never been through a storm you know, Michael, like I've, I've never been through anything like that. So, um, that night, man, so many double digit homes in our churches were destroyed or gone. Um, the next day I just, I'm walking to, to widows and shut-ins in our church cause I can't get to their houses. So several of them I'm just walking to just trying to walk up a little bit just to make sure they're okay. And yeah, day by day, man, we just began ministering to those who were devastated, even our own, you know, just people in our church family. So it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. And so you, and you said you're, you kind of turned this into a mission for you and your guys, right? Like the guys you're currently discipling, like you guys rose up and, and just really laid your lives down for the community. Honestly, it, it was, it was, uh, the guys that were discipling, but also just our, our church family in general, it was, they, they just began to look around and see needs. And so day by day, uh, it was it was just the strangest thing, man. I remember the very first day I just said, hey, I just need everybody to show up at the church and just show up at, at this. And I need God's church to just show up in a gather in this place. And we're going to just go out on mission. And I had no idea what to do. And I just prayed and was asking God, you just show me what to do. Show me what to do. I'm doing the best I can. And I set up a table in the middle of this room. And somebody goes, why are you setting up a table? And I said, I don't know. I, I guess we need to check people in or we need to like capture the names of who's showing up. I'm like, I have no clue what to do. And God just began to use our, I think our openness and our willingness to serve. He just led us, man, just day by day, step by step. We're making all kinds of mistakes, but, but we're, we're just trying to serve, dude. Like God's good. And he wants people to know about his love and the joy that comes with the relationship with Jesus, even when you're devastated and, um, we would serve our hearts out and then cry and then serve some more and eat, you know, and then just read scripture and get, I don't know, man, it was all through the day, every day for a very long time. Um, that was, that was our lives, but it was, it was beautiful and sweet and changed my life. Oh man, I love that. How did, like, how did it, how did it change your life? If you, it's okay if I ask. Uh, it just was very clear. Uh, while we're on this planet. It was very, very clear. And I don't just mean meeting physical needs of people. It was just very clear that people matter to God, that they're created, that they have uh, needs and joys and fears and, um, you know, all these things that I could absolutely relate to. Some that could speak my language and some that they didn't speak English. And I thought your needs are the exact same. So we would see people come to know Christ 
because uh, they saw God's goodness. They, they didn't remember names. They don't care about people, but they just saw God's goodness showing up in their lives. And we just got to to just see that ourselves and to be a little part of that. But it was it was like the Lord is good and he cares for his people and he's not going to leave you alone. He's, he's going to relentlessly pursue you. And I thought I can relate to that. And I felt like I was seeing that come alive in front of me. And in a lot of ways, I just I don't want to uh, ever go back to ministry before that. You know, I mean, because right on the heels of that was COVID and then you have election and then you have, you know, all these things, 2020. Right. Um, (laughs) And but you and I both know it's not like when it clicks over from December 31st to January 1, it's not like, okay, now things are whatever, whatever you want them to be. You know, I think, no, man, like, let's just don't go back. Let's just minister on the edge of our seats the rest of our days. Let's do that. Yeah. I love that, man. Like I'm reminded, like when it says, like, when you lay your life down, it's when you find it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I find it to be so true, dude. Increasingly true. It's like the more I'm willing to, to step out and just obey God, not be creative and cute, but just obey God. The more affirmation I get that this is the right path. This way is good. And it's truth. Oh man. I love that. I've been, um, I've been sinning in Romans. And so like I was reading this the other day and really I'm just kind of going through, like I'm, I'm, just going back through the Bible again, right? Like verse, verse for verse and sitting with it and eating it and just studying it. And so I'm in Romans right now. And so Romans, let's see if I can find it. Yeah. I believe it is Romans. Here it is. Yeah. So it's Romans one, verse 16 and 17 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in his righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, right? And so when you when you break that down to the original Greek and kind of eat that, like what Paul is saying is pretty much like what you just said. Like it's all about like we sit with the Lord and he he shows us his righteousness, like what he deems approvable. And it's kind of like, you know, faith is that inward persuasion that persuades us to, to hear and obey him, to follow the Lord, right? And he's like, man, we live by faith by faith. Right. So it's this inbirthing of faith. So it's constantly this, just this walk of hearing and obeying, hearing yeah. and obeying. Right. I love it, man. So. Yeah. It's, I just want that to be the same for me, you know? So sometimes, you know, my kids, they will hear, but it's not that they would <laughs> obey. And we always use like our kids as an example. Oh yeah. Brother, in my life, that's me. Yeah. It's like, I'll hear the voice of the Lord. And then I'm, I have a decision to make and I wish it was just, you know, the, the lyrics of that song, you know, take my heart and seal it. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I believe that. I'm like, Lord, I wish it worked like that because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a selfish dude and I'll, I'll pursue my own thing. So if I could, if hearing the voice of God and obeying, I just want it to be the same, man. Let's obey the amount of knowledge we have. Come on, man. I love it. Yeah. It's what we, it's what we call Shema, right? Hear and obey. So we know Shema leads to Shalom. I was doing a study on um, the Shema, like the actual, you know, how they would pray it. And I found this word Shamar, which I didn't know existed until, you know, you're digging in the word. You're like, what does Shamar mean? So Shema is like to hear, right? And Shamar. Kmart version of Shema. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's it. Well, it's the, no, it's the, uh, it's, it's your part. So the Shema is like, the Lord's like, listen to me, right? Like hear me. And Shamar is like, I do. Yeah. Like I hear you and I will do this. Right. So Shamar, like I, like Lord's like Shamar me. And I'm like Shamar. Or yes. Like I will go do this. Right. But man, it's funny. You said we always use our kids. It's true though. Right. Like I think, I think the Lord allows us to have children. So he's like, 
you know, when they're being knuckleheads, you're like, why are you not listening? Lord's then like, you don't listen. You're like, Oh yeah. You know, it's true. Man. It's true. And, and if we can just have the faith of a child as well, oh, like the says, then, um, and maybe, maybe that's where I'm living right now. I feel like life is more clear because I see more, um, simply. And it's, it's not simplistic to, to live like this, but, but it is simple in the viewpoint of Tommy, you just need to obey like everything that, that your listeners have going on today, everything that they're battling with and struggling with and things that even other people might not know with their insecurities. It really just comes down to, they have a loving heavenly father who will lead and guide them. And we find that to be true. And it, it causes my faith to increase and causes me to want to obey. Cause he's trustworthy. Yeah. You know? Isn't I that love sweet? It. it is sweet, man. Like he leads us to green pastures and still waters, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I love that. And it's, it's the, like, it's kind of like, it's how I'm wired too, where to me, it's just, man, like, like I was like, you know, the word says like, do not bar, like do not worry about tomorrow for it's like, what can it add an hour mm-hmm. to your lifespan? Right. And I always, I love that story too. If you ever continue reading, like you ends with a Jesus burn. Cause then he's like, if it, if you can't do something so small as that, right he's like then why are yes. you worried about the rest i called it jesus burn because i'm like he pretty much just he's like he's like that's that's small for me right and so but man it's true though because like the thing like i always tell people like especially my guys that i'm discipling when we're talking about shema like hearing obeying the voice of the lord and walking out your obedience like today if you hear his voice right do not harden your hearts hebrews 4 7 and like and like it means today actually if you eat the, it means now like this very moment and i'm like man like we're not guaranteed tomorrow like the truth is we're not guaranteed the next five minutes You know, and so like it's a, you know, and and sometimes we'll kind of use this like, well, I wrestled with the Lord. Like, yeah, like you wrestled. Like he's not wrestling with us. Like it's us wrestling with with that obedience part. But man, like the truth is like it's our father in heaven. Just like as a parent, we know like when we are asking our kids, like it's it's really like, hey, we're asking this of you because it's going to go well for you. Right. Like like listen to me because I I know what I'm talking about. Trust Mm -hmm. me. You know, so, yeah, you need to go to bed at 730. Right. So you can wake up. You're not cranky. You're not acting like a maniac tomorrow morning. Like, trust me. And it's the same story with the Lord. Lord's like, man, like just walk, like walk this out, like walk out this obedience, like trust me in this. And man, it's so, it's so rewarding. And it's so like, I mean, like when you, when you walk it out, like how, how freeing it is, like that's the, like, it's just this, like it leads to freedom and what you thought might've been this crazy like, oh, how am I going to do this? How's this going to play out? This person's going to get mad or it's not going to work this way. And the Lord's like, man, just trust me. And like how he, like he goes before us and like, it's all handled, you know? So yeah, isn't that awesome. And, and to me, there's something on the line that I just have to constantly remember with that. Like, do you remember in the old Testament when it talks about Samuel hearing the voice of God Yeah, and he's, he's with Eli and he thinks it's Eli and Eli discerns, this is the voice of the Lord. And he says, you need to respond to say, um, you know, speak Lord, because your servant is listening. Yeah. And, but, but the, the premise of that whole concept and that, that whole deal uh, is, is really convicting to me because Eli, it says, I think beforehand, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it says beforehand, like uh, the light of the Lord or the light of the, the, um, the temple was growing low. And it's talking about two things. It's talking about the literal menorah and the temple, like it's, it's nighttime. So the, the light is growing low, but it's also talking about, metaphorically like his i think it speaks to his eyes are growing dimmer and it's like the he's at a point in his life where he does not discern the lord's will very clearly mm. and i think man i don't want the story mike like i'm i mean it i don't want to be a pastor for some years and be 
uh, a husband and daddy and have all these beautiful things around me and, and opportunities. And for you and I to look at each other in some years and say, Tommy, like you're, you don't, you don't hear God's voice very clearly right now because you've, you've so grown distant. You've, you've had enough time to where you're not listening and you're not on the edge of your seat for this. And, um, and even though he's giving great advice to Samuel in that moment, you're hearing God's voice. You need to tell him to speak. Maybe Eli needed to do the same thing. So that's kind of the bite on the other end of it. For me, that I think, Tommy, there's something at stake here. So listen like a child would listen to their father. Or if you if enough time goes by where you reject that, reject that, reject that, um, his voice is going to be distant. You might not know his voice nearly as clearly as you should. Man. Man, that's, yeah, I love that. That's a good word. That's a good word. You know, in that, so in that story, like he, when he answers like, here I am, Lord, right? It's the Hebrew word for Hanani. Have you heard that? No. It means, I don't know if I pronounced it right. I'm sure someone, someone right now is like, that's not how you pronounce it. But, <laughs> so, for, so forgive me from that. Forget that. Um, Thanks, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But what it means, it means like, um, it's an answer that's already like when he says that he's saying, Yes, Lord, absolutely. Whatever you're about to ask, the answer is yes. Well, yeah. And so before the, even the Lord begins to ask, he's saying, yes, absolutely. Like whatever it yeah. is, I'm like, I'm in. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's super cool, man. Because of the person that it's connected to, that's you it. know, like if you ask, because I trust you and love you and I know you, if you ask me to do X, Y, or Z, uh, you don't even have to explain the X, Y, or Z part because I just know you. You know, I just understand. Like if you said, just get in the truck, we're going somewhere. I'm going to say yes to you. And I might not say yes to somebody else. I'm like, <laughs> no, I know you, but with you, you know, whatever, like, let's, let's do it. Cause I trust you and you know me and, uh, and I rely on you. So yeah, I want to do that in my life, brother. I do. Come on, man. Come on. Well, looks like you're doing it uh, day by day, trying to, there you go. Day by day. I love that, man. I love that. And so like kind of, kind of go back into your story a little bit. So, Man, like when did the when did the Lord really start to kind of press on you to walk out Matthew twenty eight, the Great Commission, where He's like, man, like invite men into your life, just like you saw me, see me doing in the Word, right? Invite them into your life, lay your life down, pour into them, teach them how to abide, like teach them how to hear my voice, teach them how to to walk out obedience to me and to walk into freedom. Like when did He start to kind of press that into you? Well, uh, it's been incremental for me, you know, so. Uh, without without getting into a long story, um, but I'm sure everybody that that's that knows Christ can relate to this. It was like I I reached a point where I was observing Christianity and I knew some things about Christianity, but I just wasn't living them out. And I had some people around me that were just trying to call me up and saying, "Tommy, you're kind of acting like an idiot in your life, and uh, and your life's more valuable than that." And uh, that when I was a teenager. And so I just began to do little things, little things that uh, in the broad scheme of things didn't matter, but in my heart, they mattered so much. Um, just, just little acts of kindness or, or not doing, not, not talking when somebody's teaching or not making fun of another kid at school. You know, it was little things that God was growing me in, but I still didn't have the tools to understand how to multiply that as I was growing myself. Um, and so through the years, it's just been, I, I, God has grown this pastoral heart in me to make disciples and to to multiply myself into to others as I'm learning about Christ. And uh, so I began to value mentorship and care for uh, 
not just the next generation, but really like all generations, you know, don't want older people to feel like their, their best days are behind them. They could actually be ahead of them. Yeah. And for young people to feel like one day I'll be a disciple maker. But I'm like, no, bro, you be it today. Like right now you can do that. And so I think my whole life has been a process like that. But honestly, I think when I met you three years ago, I was just, you know, getting to be in, in a role of um, shepherding a congregation is a, is a heavy thing. Because, you know, I'll stand before the Lord one day and he'll ask me, what did I teach and how did I lead that out? And what did abiding look like and mission look like? And that is heavy and um, I don't want regrets. And so when I met you, you know, I'm, I'm living that out, but I began to, to meet, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of folks from Hera. And then I got the opportunity to, to uh, go to Brown, Brown to Green, be a part of some of that and be discipled. You know, uh, some, of, some of your crew said, do you want to learn how to disciple or do you want to be discipled? And I said, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Both of those things. Like, it's just pour into me, invest in me. And it, I think the Lord used my relationship with you guys to give me handles. That's, that's really what it has been. The Holy Spirit gave me handles to say, oh, this is how you do that. And it's not overly structured. It's not curriculum. It's not a, a program. It's not something you do as much as it's who you are. And um, it was piecing together things I was learning as a teenager. It just gave me an opportunity to, um, to, to have handles to this is what disciple making looks like. So, so in some ways it began when God um, spoke to me the very first time. And in the most practical sense, it's probably been the last few years that I thought that's what I'm most excited about in ministry and as a pastor. Um, whether I want to hear it or not, people are not going to remember my sermons. They're they're not, you know, my wife, my I am not <laughs> going to remember my sermons. And that's so humbling. But at the same time, you think, oh, but but the relationship and what God is doing in, in a body, that's going to echo. That's going to ripple into generations ahead of us and into eternity in the most real sense. So disciple making is where it's at, bro. I love that, man. That's a good word. That is a good word. How has like, since you've, how long have you been making disciples now? Three years? Cause you kind of like, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you've currently got some guys, four guys you release. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we're, we're uh, in a season right now where we're praying for the next couple of months, just asking God, we sense that you want to release others uh, in our groups, but um, but you show us who and you show us when. So we've just really the last couple of weeks begun to to pray that and work through that together. And we're going to continue to do it as long as God wants us to. But our hope is that in the next couple of months, some guys would sense from the Lord what that looks like. I love that, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's scary. I don't want to lose some of them. You know, I think I don't, and and it's so funny because you you walk with guys and you want you want that journey to continue the exact way it is right now, because you love right now. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like uh, it's even better. I know it's even better when when they begin to walk with a group of guys and your journey continues. It's just different. It's very different. I've told the Lord before. You know, like uh, I've never gotten the chance to <clears throat> to be to get to uh, be a part of of Hera in, uh, you know, in, in Hera, but at the same time I've been with Hera, I don't know, off and on for a lot of years. And, uh, and I think, man, it would be so cool to, to minister in the same place, but it's even better to multiply out and we get to be in Nashville, you get to be in Oklahoma, but the Lord's good. And 
you know, the group that's in Kansas city and all these things, it's, it, it makes it sweeter when we get to bump up against each other and interact and intersect. Yeah. So I'm yeah. okay to send these guys out. What was that? I said, so I'm okay to send these guys out. There you I go, am. man. It's man. It, it's one of those things like, you know, it's in that story in the book of acts when, um, the disciples, are before the Sanhedrin, you know, they're kind of like, what do we do with these guys? Like they won't stop talking about Jesus. They won't stop preaching the gospel. And I believe it was the, uh, the high priest from the year prior. And he stands up and says like, like, and I'm paraphrasing here. Right. But he's pretty much, he says like, if, if this is from the Lord, like it's going to flourish and we're going to like, we're opposing the Lord. Right. But if this is from man, like, do you remember all these other, these false prophets and false messiahs that rose up just, and when they die, like their, their disciples, you know, fizzled out like so if this is from the lord a little flourish but if it's from man it'll burn out what's cool man is like what like the biggest thing that i've kind of seen right is like you get to see that like it's not a man right like you get to see like when these men are released and i know it hurts because like i remember the first time i released my first guys like i like i came and lauren was like laying in bed she was sitting with the lord um the kids were asleep and i come in there because i bought them gifts like i was gonna release them and just things that they had like uh they had grown in you know, and so like, um, I'm trying to think of one that I bought. Like one guy, he's a really good friend of mine, but he was a, uh, I discipled him, but man, like he would chase the rabbit down the rabbit hole, right? And just <laughs> real big conspiracies. And so I bought him a rabbit, like a bunny, and I mm-hmm. and I made a tinfoil hat and stuck it on top of the bunny, right? So <laughs> stuff like that, like things that once owned him, but now like does not own him anymore. And so, man, I remember coming in there and she's like, are you okay? Because I guess she could just see it on my face. And I wept, like I ugly cried. Right, like a baby, because I, as I was releasing these men, but man, it was tears of joy in the same sense. You're like, man, like, like you're watching them grow. And it's like that word where it says, "I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth." You know, it's like it's the same thing as you lay your life down for these, for these men. You watch them grow, like you watch them go from spiritual infants or spiritual teenagers to now they're they are spiritual adults and they're getting ready to go be spiritual parents, right, and yeah. make their own disciple or make disciples of Jesus. And man, it's this, it is an awesome thing to watch just play out, but you can, you begin to see it kind of flourish. Like we both know, you know, Zach Johnson yeah. right, from Clarksville, Tennessee. So I like, I, man, the Lord gave me an awesome opportunity to, to invest in Zach. And, um, we came up there and visited, I think we, yeah, we got to see you. Then you, then we get to see yeah. you for a second. Yeah. When we came and visited about, what was that last, about a year ago, last February. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, like it with that night, um, I think you had to leave with that night. We kind of, we just opened the mic and let people tell stories of transformation. Right. And, and, um, one of these guys that Zach is currently discipling and which we're going to have him and Zach on here in December and John, like, man, he just got there and began to tell his story. Right. And how disciple making had impacted his life and, and how Zach laying his life down for him and teaching him how to abide and teaching him how to hear the voice of the Lord and, and walking all these things. And man, it was it was a cool thing to watch because you're like, man, like this is real, and this has this does not hinge on man, like it is the Lord, and it's how the Lord works, you know. And it was just a cool thing to kind of watch play out and watch these like watch these guys like lay their life down, and then this guy at the end of his testimony, which I'm gonna let John, I don't want to tell you tell our um, listeners too much of his testimony because it's amazing, but like John at the end of his like, man, like I will be a disciple who goes forth and makes disciples, right? And you're just like, man, like it is the Lord, and yeah. so. And it was cool. Like listen to you talk, man. I was, you know, like we teach the, uh, I don't know if we've, if you've seen it, but like the leadership square, have you ever heard of the leadership square? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so like, man, like it's pretty much, it's the same thing. Like as we are walking with people, like you have that honeymoons phase, right? D one where it's like, Oh, yeah. this is fun. We're all friends. We're high fiving. We're eating food together. We're joking. We're laughing. And then of course you get into D two, which is the come and die. Like, man, like, like lay your life down, pick up your cross and follow me. Right. Right. Like die to self. 
And so that's not always the fun season, especially for the leader. Right. So like, you know, like, um, so in the leadership square, like D one, it's like high confidence, high direction as a leader. Like you're just high confident. You have this high direction and D two, you know, it's just, you're the parent. You got to control the temperature of the room. You know, like you're, you got to trust the Lord, like listen to the Lord being open, honest and vulnerable with them, knowing when to push in, knowing when to give grace, knowing when to give truth, you know? And then of course, what's awesome is you get into D three, which D three is a fellowship of believers, right? Because now like now they've, they've walked through the hard things. Like they've, they have died the self, you know, and we, which we know it's not a one-time thing. Just like we were talking about area Shema's constant hearing and a bang, which is really just the process of sanctification. Right. And so, but man, now it's a fellowship of believers. Cause like no longer do you call them servants, but you know, like the Lord says like no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends for, you know, the father's business, the master's business. It's the same story. And so now you're doing mission and you're having, it's like high fives again. We're all buddies. No one's mad at you. And it's an awesome time, right? <laughs> and so, and man, then it's like, oh, well, then there's D4 where it's like, oh, like go, like you go do, go make disciples of Jesus. Just like I showed you how to do it. Like now you go do it. And it's kind of like, you know, for me as a leader, it's, it's an awesome opportunity and it's, it's bittersweet, yeah. right? Like it's, you're just like, you're like, you're trying to hold back tears and you're watching these guys grow up and you're like, man, this is like, this is what it is. Like, just like what you said, like, you know, the truth is like, no one's going to remember what we say, right? Like our, like our words, like they, they return void, right? But his Lord, his words do not. And so watching it kind of go and like seeing how it continues to multiply is really, really awesome. You know, I, I love all that you said in that scripture that you shared earlier is one of my favorites because it really puts, it puts our role in clear perspective, you know, to where if it's of God, you can't stop it, but you get to be a part of it. Yeah, you get a really sweet part of it, and it doesn't center around you. And some for for me, I mean, maybe that those are most of my come and die moments. Is, <laughs> oh, this isn't about you. That's it so was weird. never about you, and uh, and the release is a come and die moment too. You know, so it's it is the sweetest thing if if people would never remember your name. Come on, but they are being changed by the work of the Holy Spirit somehow, some way that you also got to be a part of and, uh, and they're living out their, their, their fullest life because of Jesus and what he's done in their life. I, that's, that's what it's about to me, but it is, it is hard. It is difficult, but well worth it, man. How much more difficult and sad would it be if we attempted to make it about us and gave into that temptation and, and tried unintentionally, but stunted spiritual growth when somebody was ready to do something with it themselves, but you just made them dependent on you. So, yeah. um, yeah, I want to do well with that. I need to do better and better with that. Man. It's, it's, it's funny. You say that too. Like as, like, as our, like we're in, we're in those pastor roles. Right. And man, it is like, it's a constant, like you constantly have to put your flesh in check because the way the world has, has, um, man, I guess wired us. Right. It's like, Oh, it has, this story needs to be about me. You know, like my words, like let my words be heavy. You're like, man, it's not like, it's not about us whatsoever. I mean, it's any, and the truth is like, if we didn't get out of the way and allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does and allow Jesus to do like do his work, right. man, they would burn out because we, we see it every day. Like I I believe we kind of live in a, in a society where we see that where people have made disciples himself. Right. And there's, there's no multiplication of life. Like there's no freedom, you know, and, and man, like, the truth is, and they're probably exhausted because since they made disciples itself, everyone's coming to them to drink and eat, right? And they're like, you know, they're probably exhausted. And yeah. so, 
it's one thing that, you know, you're talking about, like, it's, it's really, it's allowing the Lord to do what he's doing and really just kind of like, we get to do it with him. And I'm always reminded of John 15, you know, he says like, man, if you abide in me, if you remain, if you dwell, if you spend this intimate relationship with me that I, that I ask you that I created you for, like, that's what he created us is just to, just to spend time with him. Right. He's like, man, like you will produce fruit. Like, like it's just going to happen. He's like, apart from me, you can do, you can do nothing. Right. And I always, like, I always tell people and I'm explaining that I was like, man, like we're not producing the fruit. Like it's like, it's, it's the Holy spirit. It's the Lord producing the fruit through us. Right. Like we just get to be a vessel, but it's like, it's him. And really like, man, like we're little children, right. Who get to go to with daddy to work every day. Like that's what it is. You know, and I always like he's always gave me this vision of like the father, um, like me, like and I don't I don't know, you can make fun of me for this, right? But like I like I can see I can see the waist down, right? Like a robe and like just kind of like this this belt looking thing with a seed bag on the hip and we're out in a field, right, barefooted. And I'm just yeah. a little kid behind him, like dancing, right, following my daddy. And he's sticking his hands in and he's just throwing seed, right? Yeah. And he's like, Hey, here, come here, son, like throw some seed. Mm. Right. And I'm, and I'm just throwing seed like a little, like a kid, little kid, right? Just like how our kids do. And, and then the Lord, like, he's like, he meant like the truth is like, he begins to water and he begins to grow it up, but he allows us to be there and partake of it. And he's like, you know, like, man, like, look, look what we've done. I don't know if you've ever got to hear David Brockman, um, his little story when the Lord taught him how, what abiding was. Right. And so David, forgive me for telling the story, but like, um, when Moix was discipling me and David, David kept asking, like, man, like, what, it, like, show, like, teach me how to buy, like, explain this to me. And, uh, man, Chris is like, man, you just got to do it. You know, you just got to figure it out, right? And um, so one day David was cutting wood. Um, he was splitting wood. And his son Garrett came out and said, hey, Dad, can I split wood with you? And he's like, yeah. And so David would get the wedge. Uh, he's a manly man. Like, he's doing old school, right? And he's knocking it in the wood. And the very last minute, like, he's like, hey, Garrett, like, go ahead and, like, like hit it. So Garrett, boom, hit it in the wood, would just split, right? And Garrett's getting all excited. like, Daddy, Daddy, look, look, we're splitting wood. We're splitting wood, Dad. Look, look what I just did. And David's like, yeah. And then the Lord's like, this is what it looks like to abide. Like, this is what it looks like to spend time with me, right? And I'm like, man, like, what a perfect picture of what the Father does, right? Like, he does the work, and he's like, hey, Tommy, hit yeah. it right there. And boom, right? And he's yeah. like, that's it, man. And it's yeah. it's so, it is so awesome watching the Lord. Like, man, like, I, like, I can't. It's something that never gets old. Mm-hmm. And you see him do it a hundred times. Like you see the Lord working like in it, the way he does, like, you know, it's him, right? Cause we like, we sit with the father, but man, it never, like it never gets old and never gets tired. Like it always yeah. makes me cry. Right. <laughs> like every time. No, it's true. It's true. And, 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 you know, dude, it should that, uh, the story that you're describing, that doesn't sound silly at all, man. I would never make fun of that because that's the true picture of our relationship with the father. Yeah. And, uh, and it's easy to also see in those kind of illustrations, like why a kid could think, um, it's me, you know, and that wedge, like to take that swing and go, Oh, it was me. That's why we just got to the daily abiding and moment by moment abiding is going to be the reminder for us that it was never me. And that's the best thing because I don't have the wisdom. If it were me, I don't have the wisdom of how to keep that going. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like I like the way you see that, the way you picture yeah. that. Sweet. Yeah. Well, it's it's the Lord, man. It's like it's a constant. You know, like I don't I don't know. I think you ran right. Like you were a track star. Is that uh, correct? No, I just ran. <laughs> you were in a track yeah. star. I thought I thought I heard that you were like this crazy, awesome guy. Just ran circles around Eric Crabtree constantly. 
okay, Eric Crabtree is great. And <laughs> no, I did not run circles around him. I did not. But, uh, but yeah, I like to run. I loved it because it taught me spiritual disciplines, bro. Um, it was, it was awesome. So yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so like, I, like I grew up wrestling, right. And so in wrestling, like individuality is like really like it's drilled in, right. Like it's, you have a team, but you're really by yourself. And yeah. so man, learning, like learning that, like that was a come and die for me, mm. you know, like get like, man, like it doesn't depend on me. Like it's not about me. Right. It's yeah. all about the Lord. Right. Like I, it's cool that you said like, man, like, like hoping your words are never remembered and that like his is like, that's something I always like, I know before I ever go, like when I ask to teach and I go and teach on the Sunday morning, it's what I always pray to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, like let them not remember Michael Ferris. But like, mm-hmm. even there's like, if anything they hold on to, like, let them just be like, man, like I can't remember anything about Sunday. All I, all I remember is the word and Jesus. Right. Yeah. And like, let them run to you and like, forget, like, forget everything about me. Like let my name be like dust to the wind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. awesome, man. I love it. On the, um, when, when I get to teach, I'll, uh, I'll also I'll often just put like a little sticker on the, on the uh, top of the podium that just says it will not return void because I want to just remember that in a moment. It's like, Oh yeah, it's not about me. It's a, it's this word, it's the scriptures. It's a, it's the Lord coming through this book. That's life changing. And it. That, uh, it makes a difference. So anyway, it won't return void. And it's true. It's, you know, it's the word that says like already you're clean for the word that was spoken to you. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I kind of got the cool little walk with the Lord this summer where he showed me, like he reminded me of the day that I was clean, which was not the day that I thought it was, but it was the day like when the word really started kind of pressing into me. And it's cool. Cause I think we can all kind of trace it back to that moment, right? Like when the word was preached or the word was spoken or the word was given to us and we're like, Oh my gosh. And it did not return void. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So the more we speak it and the more we listen to it, and the more we just sit with the Lord, just multiplies the opportunities we have for him to do something in us and to, to work in us. So um, I want to do that as much as I can, dude. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I just I just want people to, my friends, to read the word over me. Like uh, I know you've had a busy day today, you know, and, and just a full day. And that's awesome. And it's probably days like today that we just need the word all the more just to be spoken over us and prayed over us. And um, it's good. It's very good. It's strengthening. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's what I mean. That's what Romans one says. Like man set apart for the sake of the gospel in order to teach others how they were set apart for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really good, man. I'm encouraged by that. Amen. So man. So like how, like how has COVID affected you making disciples? Um, the Lord, uh, helped me to get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Two things, I think two thoughts that that are not unique to me, but that were definitely strong lessons for me to learn during COVID has been, you know, number one, if you did not have the opportunity to gather like with a large group, if you didn't have that opportunity to do that in-person gathering, and if for some reason there was no Wi-Fi on this planet, (laughs) what what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the Lord was affirming so much about how he had worked in my life through disciple making. It's like, that's it. That's what you do. You make disciples and you, you care for them individually and in small groups and houses. It doesn't matter wherever, wherever you can, you just do that. So it was the the biggest affirmation from the Lord that this is the right path. And it doesn't mean that like the large group gatherings are so sweet. Um, and you know, the opportunity to do things like this via technology, dude, what a gift yeah. really like, 
what a gift to be able to create a podcast like this that would encourage brothers and sisters in Christ and, and others who are like, what's disciple making? That's beautiful. Um, but still it's relational, one-on-one, small groups, just the opportunity to gather and to make disciples of others. Um, the Lord has affirmed that through COVID. And, um, and also, I guess in that disciple making process, the Lord has caused more leaders to rise up because like, I just couldn't do it. I can't do it. And, um, and that was a humbling moment to admit. But when I did, I felt like the Lord was raising up really strong leaders to multiply his work in our, in our community. And it's helped so much. It's been beautiful to watch, but none of it was of me. And that's, that's, that's humbling, but it's true. And it's been sweet. I love that, man. I love that. If so if, if I were to come to you and I were to ask you like, what is disciple making? How would you, how would you describe it to me and answer that question? You know, like, can I tell you the process, like the progress of how I've worked through that myself? Yes. I would love to, I'd love to hear that, man. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Uh, early on, I thought, yeah, being a disciple is just a student, it's a student, you know, a, a student, a follower, somebody who sits with a rabbi. And um, and and I think um, that's part of it. You know, it's really part of it. But maybe a greater part of it. It's not just information transfer. It is uh, you're becoming in the likeness of, you know, like Ephesians four talks yeah. about the spiritual gifts and and ultimately the fruit Fruit, spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit is way different. Spiritual fruit is what it's about. And that is not about your gift. It's about becoming in the likeness of Christ, becoming in the likeness of who you follow. So for me, it comes back to that passage you mentioned in John 15. It's the abiding that I'm connected to you. Like I'm tethered to you. And as where the Lord walks, I walk. Where the Lord looks, I look. And at least that's the goal. That's my hope. And so practically speaking, um, what does that mean for my day to day? It means I need to get as much of the, the gift of his word into me as I can. My, my heart, my mind, my soul coming out, out of my mouth, all of it. Um, it means I need to make him Lord of every facet of my life. And I don't mean to compartmentalize life, but just, you know how we do. Like it's, yeah. you might be, you know, Lord over your marriage, but your finances, you're like, nope, those are mine. <laughs> and God's got to do some work with us to say, hey, I get it but you got to loosen your grip here. So in that Christ likeness, he's helping me let go of some things and grasp some other things. And, um, and then he lets me be on mission. Just, just meaning I'm, I'm doing something with it. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a taker, but I'm, I'm a, a conduit, you know, where the mm, Lord is just good. working through me and it's strengthening me, but it's strengthening those around me. So, so really it's that Christ likeness piece. It's not just a student. It's um, I'm tethered to you, uh, to the Lord in a way that what you're about, I'm about. And uh, and the more I do it, the more trustworthy I see him to be and the more my faith grows. And it's that beautiful cycle, right? I'm falling in love with him more and he's proven more and more why I should fall in love with him. And that's the cycle over and over and over. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. And you get to teach others how to do it. Yeah, that's it. And you see their eyes just open wide. And, and sometimes you see him not get it and that's okay because the Lord's patient with me. And so how could I not be patient with somebody else? He's patient with them too, man. So, um, like somebody I was talking to today, um, they were just frustrated with, with somebody in their life that they're trying to invest in. And I said, but Hey dude, it's not the end of their story. Their story's not over right now. They've got breath in their lungs. The Lord's speaking to them, encouraging them, convicting them. And so you gotta be patient 
and you got to let him do the work and, uh, and just be faithful to do your part in this. And that's, yeah, it's exciting. I love that, man. I love that, Tommy. That's thinking awesome. And so, man, like what is, what is the biggest transformation, right? That you think you've seen in your life or maybe your wife has seen in your life, right? Since you've really been like, you're like, man, like, like since you just, everything you just described, since you've been walking that out. Um, I think just, well, keeping the main thing in, in, in the gospel, um, the main thing in my heart, you know, I think it's probably that Jessica, my wife is sassy in the best way. (laughs) So she's, she's introverted. She loves just, uh, sitting with people, not, not like, uh, large groups nearly as much like large groups hype me up. Like I start getting crazy and you know, they start calling the cops and wild things happen. But, um, no, I love, I love it. But I also love those small groups, but she thrives in that man. And her wisdom is through the roof. It's the Lord in her. And she will look at me sometimes. Um, and she'll say, um, you know, Hey, I'm not impressed with you, but I see the Lord all over you. And in those moments, I know what she's saying. Like my wife is just saying, Hey, uh, you don't have to look a certain part, you know, outwardly, um, because I I see what you're trying to pursue inwardly and it matters to me. And it's just like in the quietness of our own, you know, bedroom or living room, nobody's around. And and when she says that to me, you know, cause sometimes she's saying that to me and calling me out on something and it's a come and die moment and it's a humbling moment and it's a heart wrenching moment. It's a moment of confession on my part. So I don't mean to, paint it as a glamorous moment. It's a, it's a quiet moment and it's, it's significant, but it's a moment where she's just reminding me it's who you are, not what you do. It's, um, and, and so the Lord's reminding me of that often that you might, you know, you might, uh, if you cut a limb off of a tree, it'll look green for, for a little bit, you know, but you and I both know it's dead. It's yeah. not. Connected. And, um, and so it's kind of in the stillness of your own heart when no one else knows what you're dwelling on and no one else knows that you're sitting with the Lord. That's enough. It's enough. And God will use that in public ways and he'll use it in private ways. But that is the point. It's, it's this spiritual maturity that God is trying to work in you that will bleed into evangelism and sermons and, you know, discussions, whatever, you know, disciple making all of that. But ultimately it's that, Hey, Tommy, the main thing is that God's doing a work and you get to be a part of that and he's working in you. So sit with him for you, not for others. Come on, man. I, so that's, that's it. I love that, dude. I, man, tell me I love that so much. It's, it's kind of like I always tell people, like, we don't abide so that. Right? Yeah. I, I don't abide so that I have something to give away on Sunday morning. I don't abide so that I can, I can disciple someone. I don't abide so that I can you know, lead someone to Jesus. Man, I abide simply for that, for the reason to sit with my Father in heaven. Right. Yeah. And like everything you say is true. It's what we call talking like we we call it working out the overflow. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the things mm-hmm. he's doing in you like, man, that's what like that's what you get to work out as working out the overflow. And simply all we got to do is just sit with him and let him yeah. do a good work inside of us. Right. Yeah, man, that's good. That's, word. that's good word, man. What is what is the biggest um, and you don't have to fully share the story. You might not. I don't know if you have permission to share these stories or not. But like what is the biggest transformation you've seen in someone that you're laying your life down to invest in? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I think, <laughs> well, I think of my friend Russ and he, he wouldn't mind me sharing this. And it's, it's, uh, the beginning of his story with his wife was that they met doing speed. That's how they met. 
Oh, wow. And um, so he would say, we didn't start on the best foot, you know? And, uh, and through the years, it's like uh, he, has, he has been curious about the Lord and ask questions about the Lord. And he's a super gifted musician, you know, we're in music city, dude. So that that's, that's his thing, man. He's playing in bars. He's, he's a, uh, you know, late night gigs all the time because he's gifted in that way. And, um, long story short, he just, he just began to get hungry and the Lord was speaking to him and he just responded with yes. And we engaged in a disciple making relationship. I learned so much more from him and what God's doing in his life than he knows. And, um, not only are his he and his wife still married, um, but his wife told me the other day, uh, she said, you know, used to I used to just not want to get in the way of his spiritual growth. And now I want to be where he is. I want to walk with God like that. And I just thought, look at this, man, like compared to how they met to now and how they're both walking with the Lord. And they would scream to you if they were on here, like, hey, I'm imperfect. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, it's true, but it is the most beautiful, inspiring thing ever. And I want to be just like them. I want mm-hmm. to walk with Jesus like they walk with Jesus. And um, they would laugh at that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, the, the hunger and the wide-eyed wonder of this is who Christ is. And I get to be his and he gets to be mine. Uh, that that transformation, I just want to see in all the the people I get to minister to and work with and even in my own heart too. I love that, man. Yeah, man, that's good. That's a good that's word, good. Tommy. And so, man, for our listeners, those who are, um, maybe they're currently not being discipled. Maybe they're currently being discipled. Maybe they're on the fringe, whether, whether they should go make disciples. Um, man, maybe they're a pastor. Maybe they're just, you know, they're sitting at their, their cubicle or they're, they're working on a car right now. Or maybe they're just driving a vehicle. Like, what are what's some words you'd want to give to our listeners? Like, what's something you'd like to say to them? Uh, that Jesus is enough. Whatever you got going, and whatever whatever you're working through, dreaming about, struggling with, um, man, I mean it. I mean, and I pray the Holy Spirit uses those simple words in your life. That that Jesus is enough, and sitting with Him and letting Him just speak into your life and share with you as as the one who created you. Um, how valuable you are and how your masterpiece created by him and that he wants to use you and wants to speak to you and wants to just um, have relationship with you and abide together. Let that be enough. And out of the overflow of that, you'll get everything else that you're worried about done um, one way or another, God's way, you know, that, that maybe, maybe you'll drop some things and maybe you'll pick up some things, but sitting with him and being his is is all there is to it, man. Like just let be satisfied by that. Yeah, that's a good word. Tommy, thank you so much today for coming and being on the podcast and just sitting down with us and and we'll sit down with me and talking with me. Man, I loved it so so much. And man, like I like dude, I can, I don't think I can express how much I love you. But I mean I love you deeply. Like you are a great friend and I love every time we get to sit down and have conversations, man. I miss your face. I can't wait to see you and hug your neck soon. So hopefully I get to see you soon and Man, we can wear our hoodies together and talk about things of the Lord. <laughs> hey, you guys are doing significant ministry, bro. And and I, for one, am just really thankful to get to benefit from you and, and the team there. So thank you for what you do. really means so much. Love you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, man, I love you too. And so, Tommy, what we always do with our guests is we allow them to pray us out. So we do the honors and pray us out. I'd love to. I'd love to. Father, we thank you for this ministry, this podcast, and 
and really just uh, an opportunity for us to glorify you with stories of transformation and stories of what you're doing in our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be glorified through this or that uh, the listeners of this podcast would be made more like you. We love you. And thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Grace and peace. Peace.